So let's get right into it. This is Claire Weiner's cover of Thinking About You by Frank Ocean. Enjoy. A tornado flew around my room before you came. Excuse the mess it made. Usually doesn't rain in Southern California, much like Arizona. My eyes don't shed tears, but bully ball. And I'm thinking about you. Oh, no, no, no. I've been thinking about you. You know, no, no. I've been thinking about you. Do you think about still? Do you not think so far ahead? I've been thinking about forever Do you not think so far ahead? I've been thinking about forever To kick it, got a beach house I could sell you in Idaho Since you think I don't love you, I just thought you were cute That's why I kissed you, got a fighter jet, I don't get to fly it though I'm lying down, thinking about you, oh no I've been thinking about you, you know, no, no I've been thinking about you, do you think about everyone. Welcome to the Debatable Podcast. I'm Greg Sadashne. It's been a moment since we've talked. I had a nice uh, little uh, hiatus, uh, recharge the batteries, as the kids say. And uh, now I'm feeling good, feeling good to get back to, uh, to the program, talking to the people that uh, I'm interested in, and I'm hoping you are too. Uh, today on the program, we have Curtis Thompson, a good friend of mine from way back. Um, he was actually, I guess if you would consider him past my formative years of, uh, of uh, grade school, high school, but um, He's definitely uh, one of those people that uh, came into my life when certainly my personality was being shaped. And uh, he's actually, I would consider him probably one of my closest friends. Um, so yeah, we had a nice uh, talk, a, a part one discussion um, to be continued in the future. You'll find out uh, as, we, uh, as we talk that there are more more topics that come up that we're definitely going to revisit on future episodes. But anyway, uh, I'm going to get right into it. I do have some things I want to talk about and plug before we get into the conversation with um, with Curtis. First, at the top of the show, just like I usually do, uh, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash debatablepodcast, and uh, our Tumblr, debatablepodcast.tumblr.com. Uh, the Facebook page is a great place. Go over there and, and like us, uh, show us some, some support, uh, send us some questions and uh, comments, and try to help the show uh, bet, get better. Uh, also, with uh, the Tumblr, we're certainly... Uh, certainly a good um, place for streaming and download and I use it like a blog so please go over there and uh, check us out there um, throughout this uh, show you're gonna hear some selections of music usually I do music alleys sometimes in the past I've had um, some some indie music on there uh, I I had Tom Symes uh, 
record label selections from his record label on the show, and I hope to again in the future. But today on this show, we have something special. Um, a friend of mine uh, from work, Nicole Capo, put me in touch with a girl named um, Claire Weiner. And Claire Weiner does... Um, Covers. She she so far she's been covering a lot of uh, uh, good music, and I like her taste in music, and especially she has a beautiful voice. So um, you know, just as, just on a whim, Nicole put me in touch with her and said, "Hey, check out some of this music. You might like it. Uh, we all have a similar taste." And so I listened to it, and I was blown away by it. So today on the program, you're going to hear some selections from Claire, and uh, hopefully on the in the future, I'll have some more uh, some more music from her. So let's get right into it. Here's Claire Weiner again with a cover of Lover's Spit by uh, Broken Social Scene. Enjoy. Are these people drinking Lover's Spit? They sit and clean the face with it. Sends your teeth to learn how to quit. make sure it's good to go well you know it's funny i was listening to um uh i don't know like a, some show on npr i think it was the, the financial one i forget what it's called where they were talking about um 
the, the stuff that they talk about before their guests come on to check right. their levels to make sure everything's down. And, and he was, it was Kai Rizdal, and he was talking to Warren Buffett, you know, <laughs> you know, one of the most uh-huh. rich individuals yeah, this planet guy. knows. Yeah. And he's like, so uh, let's check some levels. So tell me, what would you have for breakfast? <laughs> and Ryan, Warren Buffett says, I had four Oreos and a glass of milk. <laughs> it's like, Okay. That's good stuff. You man. can have anything you wanted yeah. because you're worth billions of dollars. Well. But Oreos. It's are... good to know that if you are a billionaire that you're still going to eat like, you know. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like a, like an obese, obese yeah. 15-year-old. Of course. You know, here I am. I had Oreos for dinner. So. <laughs> Spoken like a uh, like a true uh, homeowner. A yeah. young 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 homeowner. Yeah, that's me. I had Oreos Oreos and milk for dinner mm, last night. It's, yeah, I can't. Uh, <laughs> anytime I go to the grocery store, like unchaperoned, if yeah. Steph's not with me, I come back with cookies. Like Usually, any man. Yeah, yeah. cookies. You have to prioritize. Or, or cake or pie or something is. <laughs> I, I, it, it's a wonder that I'm not 600 pounds. Yeah, you, you, know? have, to, you have to be. Yeah, you have to prioritize. Yeah. So, um, Curtis Thompson. Yes. It has been. Um, we 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 had this thing like, you're probably one of my my oldest and closest friends, and I say that given the fact that in recent years we'd see each other maybe once a year yeah is that like that's that's accurate probably once yeah. a year oh absolutely and like i would see you um so rarely like after particularly after college that whenever we got together it was like let's do the catch-up thing mm-hmm. let's catch up on all this stuff and like in the last month or two i've seen you more yeah in the past month or two that i saw you in the previous like four or five years absolutely it's been wonderful it's um it's great because um i really think of you as kind of like you know since since you were uh one of the uh the cohorts one of the mm. original people that i that i met in college and since so many of my close friends are college friends it's interesting that you know uh, when I when I thought about doing this podcast and 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 getting people, you were definitely at the top of the list. I don't know why it took so long to get you <laughs> on here, but um, you know you were there for you. you we were kind of like we were kind of experiencing the whole being a film student thing. Yeah, in parallel. You know? absolutely. We went to Anne Arundel Community College together, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then we were all like. We all had the question, or at least I did, where we were going to go after that, where we were going to transfer to. Yeah. And it was kind of like, uh, I think, you know, uh, our professor, Professor Gonder, mm-hmm. he kind of pushed us and said, hey, you know, I know so many students that went to Towson and had a great experience there. Yeah. Why don't you go there? So mm-hmm. you're one of these people, one of the few that I know and that I keep in contact with that I knew previous to, to Towson University mm-hmm. and kind of had a similar experience, I guess, you know, in the major. Absolutely, yeah. What made you want to get into, to go to school for film, want to get into that kind of area? I, um, well, it's it's interesting because I actually, I, I know that down to a T. I know it to a moment. You know, uh, I, my, my family, we all really enjoy movies and, 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 and whatnot. But, um, so even when I was a kid, I went to the movies a whole bunch. But uh, the moment that I wanted to actually study or do something in film was uh, when I was 15 years old, I saw A Clockwork Orange for the first time. 
Fantastic. And it blew my mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my friend um, that I, I, I had moved away from, I used to live in Georgia, and, and then I lived in Texas and, and, and whatnot. And I, I was living in Texas at the time, and I came back to visit my friend in Georgia, who is several years older than I was. And he had mentioned that movie. He had mentioned A Clockwork Orange. And he, he appreciated it in, in the way that any 16-year-old would, right. I guess, that it was wild and sexy and violent yeah, and right. things of that the nature. But I'd never heard about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, one one night when I was back at home in Texas, I, I caught it on TV on, like, Turner Classic or something like that. Right from the very beginning, too, on like within five minutes of it being on and I got to see the initial scene where they, you know, beat up the homeless guy oh, yeah. and, and, and whatnot. And it wasn't, it wasn't sexy to me. It was, I don't know, it was, uh, impactful though. Right. And, um, I just loved it. I loved every second. I remember, of it. I remember like about that movie, kind of the thing for me was every Halloween, Near uh, my uh, my house where I grew up, uh, there was a video store, and every Halloween they would have posters in the store for what you know VHS they had back in stock, mm-hmm. and so you would have whatever came out particularly of that year. I remember it was like Halloween Five, or it was you know some Friday the Thirteenth movie, but they would always have the same poster of Clockwork Orange. It would never be The Shining or any other Kubrick movie. Mm-hmm. It would always be Clockwork Orange and it would always be that same kind of, you know, the uh, the eyelashes, the eye, and it, the classic poster. And yeah. that that was the the um, first time I knew anything of, of Clockwork Orange. I didn't even see Clockwork Orange till later in my life, yeah. but I always remembered that artwork mm-hmm. like that was the most influential thing about that movie whenever someone would say like, yeah i know that artwork you know right. i didn't yeah. <laughs> i didn't see the movie and you know and, and there's there's so much art that went with it i remember uh maybe only a couple of years ago it was how it was halloween time yeah. and uh i wanted to, to make a cool uh jack-o'-lantern and i was like you know i'm gonna put some clockwork orange mm-hmm. art on this thing and i went looking around the internet and i found some artwork that that was i guess for uh you know, a, a British release or, right. or a release somewhere else in, in right. Europe that I'd never even seen before, and it was great. And I, I was love. Like, that's part of like, that's not just for the movie, but for for all movies. I love artwork, international okay. artwork. I, mm-hmm. I like, I really love seeing how they sell it in other countries, and also like what other artist ideas of this movie come yeah. from you look at like alien or die hard you know mm-hmm. international poster stuff it's funny it's like really interesting they everybody always talks about the uh, the polish posters yeah. the the bizarre and fascinating polish oh, yeah. posters that are just really out yeah. there and they really have a reputation that they deserve but um it it's it's strange because it's really just artists saying all right you know what uh, this this is the only avenue I really have to get my art out there, and it has nothing to do sure. with the movie. But it's 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 fascinating and wonderful, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes you just just like I have no idea how they came up with that. Yeah, but, uh, there's sometimes like, they're so they're so off the wall. They're kind of like surreal sometimes, mm-hmm. and even if you don't know, it doesn't seem like often they they're even applying to the story. Like it's not like sometimes it's it's like a 
like an avant-garde painting, you mm-hmm. know, or something. It's like it, it, it's lyrical. It doesn't right. even it doesn't even connect to, for instance, you know, uh, uh, for example, something like you know, Die Hard. They wouldn't even like the, the Polish design is is something like off the wall. It could be like a deer in a forest or something, you know. It's like a or it's like a abstract idea. I always yeah. like those. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny too because I, I remember. Uh, God, I wish I could remember what what movie it was for. But it was, you know, something horribly mundane, mm-hmm. and and the poster was basically ripped from the pages of Salvador Dali. Yeah, right. You know, and it was like, I I, I don't know, um, Home Alone, and and like right. melting eyeballs. Yeah, and yeah, shit right. Like that. right. <laughs> you know, that's God. what I mean. It's like it's. It's it's intriguing and it probably gets people to come in the theater. But I wonder if Polish citizens all ever feel like they're let down by the expectation they have. Like that's got to be a scary movie. Look at the fucking bleeding eyeballs coming out of the thing. And they get in there and it's like a you know a, dra- a family yeah. drama. You know. But how could you not? I mean, there's there's plenty of uh, just posters here True. That, that are fucking wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And I remember um, the the one and only time I ever walked out of a movie was um, for the movie that is not coming to my mind right now. Uh, oh, oh no, it was Event Horizon. Okay. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I remember having a nice long discussion about this yeah. with you. Event and, Horizon. You know, the poster was cool. You know, I loved science fiction, and I still obviously still do. Sure. But it was, it was a great poster, and it was talking about like science fiction horror, two things I loved. It came out when I was, I don't know, 15 or 16. So you were the perfect age for Oh, it. yeah, I was super jazzed to see event horizon and what a piece of shit god damn it and, and you know and I, actually i'm gonna correct myself because i never walked out of event horizon i sat through that whole fucking thing and it was terrible but what's funny to me is that i think we had this discussion in 2003 or I'm maybe sure it, it was it's been almost 10 years yeah. and you know what you're as fervent <laughs> in your opinion as you were then as you probably were in 1995 or whenever absolutely. you saw it absolutely <laughs> the, the hate for it is undying you know i i am I'm, I'm a pretty i'm a pretty lax guy you know yeah, but uh, get you every, passionate everything's everything's got its merits yeah. to it and i'll say that even in event horizon there's a lot of really cool you know visualization there's a lot of really need stuff like that but i mean when you lay a turd like that and i pay well actually i lived in texas and it was the 90s so i probably only yeah. paid 50 cents <laughs> to go yeah. see that movie yeah. but god damn it i still no, no, wish i had that 350 <laughs> it was the execution obviously yeah there's something uh, about it like you yeah. know it, it had promise yeah oh, you know it had the concept oh, but my god, yeah. did it ever you know same that's what phantoms is. sure oh sure. my god i fell asleep during phantoms oh, man but, you know, Ben Affleck was a bomb man, so. He was. Isn't that always the thing? Like, I know that it's become cliche, but that is what everyone says as soon as you bring up Phantoms. Yeah, well, I mean, really, what it's else two is there to remember? It's two things. Either they say, you mean that one with Billy Zane? Or they say Ben Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms. <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck did Billy Zane exactly. do in Phantoms? No, exactly. the only thing I remember about Phantoms was that... Ben Affleck was in it. There was a girl wearing pink in it, and yes. for some reason, I think the sewer glue. Like, yeah, there was a giant light it was coming ki- out of the sewer. It was kind of like the the black goo from uh, Prometheus. Mm. I think if you want to write uh, some fan fiction, that black goo yeah. was in the sewer sewer of that town, and yeah. it ended up in in space somehow somewhere. You could well, make them. 
You you, you want to talk about movies that I really don't like. Hold on. Okay. Before we go there, okay. hold on a second. All right. Fine. So Kubrick, yeah. Clockwork Orange, sure, yeah, and it had an effect on you. It had mm-hmm. Im- made an impression. Mm-hmm. And so did you say, hey, I want to do that? Oh, absolutely. So right off of that. Without a doubt. Did you, are you the type of person that as soon as you see a movie by a director that you really like, you start going back and looking at everything they mm, did? Very much so. You know, as much as I can. Um, you know, that's not always possible and, you know, uh, everybody's, you know, unbelievably busy and, and, and whatnot now. But yeah, if I if I see a movie that's by somebody that I don't know who it is or or anything. I'm just not familiar with their work. It's like, oh, yeah, I would definitely want to see as much as I can from them. Now, you have a uh, twin brother. Yeah. And uh, as as it's been, you know, made clear over many, many years is that you guys are very close. You're like mm. best friends. Absolutely. You share so many of the same opinions. Mm-hmm. So was your interest in movies... Uh, encouraged or backed up by your relationship with Gary? Uh, well, yes, and yeah. I mean, well, yes and no, but um, but largely yes. We both we had the same interests. We had the same, uh, um, well, I guess interests. But you right. know, um, so we we went to the movies a lot together. We stayed up during the summer to watch a bunch of shitty movies on TV that were fantastic. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, uh, definitely. But he didn't. He didn't wind up with the same desire that I did. Right. Um, even though he's sort of coming to it now. Right. But but you know we 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 shared that same interest. We shared that same passion. But we didn't branch off in the same way that I wanted to make movies and he didn't. But you know, funny thing is, is now he writes and he probably writes more. Right. Um, and you know, film and stuff like that than I ever did. Interesting. Actually, yeah, he's got a. Um, believe it or not, he's got a show on TV. <laughs> he's got a show on TV. He does. He does. Believe it or not. Tell me that. What uh, is this? It's called Influence, and um, it, it, it's it's a very long story, but uh, how how he got to do it. But um, Gary, Gary, you know, I was interested in making movies, but Gary was interested in writing. He loved novels and books and. And shit like that, and and uh, I can't really write super well. I can write okay, but um, but he writes really well, and he loves writing stories and things like that. And when I was making my way into the film scene, I met a lot of people, and some of those people needed help writing. So he ended up um, we ended up becoming friends with somebody named Mason Booker, and he has a lot of great ideas, and he writes a lot of stuff too. But he he will always go and just try to make it. You know, anything he can, he will always try to make. And He's motivated uh, to do it. Very much so. So, um, I guess the long story short is Mason became my friend and Gary got to know him. And uh, when he learned that Gary was a good writer, he would go to Gary to say, hey, I need help with this and I need help with that. And they would work on some projects here and there. And um, we eventually met up with a guy named Elijah who has a lot of money and who just loves making movies but he he wants to make his own projects Mm -hmm. so he had written a story this story called influence and um, he wanted to make it into a a show just like a web series um and uh the way i recall it was mason and elijah uh had gone into a working relationship and he originally elijah i mean 
originally brought the idea to Mason, but they needed help. So Mason brought in Gary. And so it went back and forth. Mason would write an episode and Gary would write an episode. And, and Elijah had all these ideas. It was his, you know, it was his idea. Um, but they would just, uh, you know, sometimes they'd have to come up with new things and scrap things. And um, they went and they actually filmed, I don't know, like um, 10 episodes, something like that. And, um, and, and it's funny because I think they filmed all but the last episode. Wow. And um, believe it or not, uh, somebody, I don't know who, but somebody picked it up on, on public access. Uh, it's on the uh, show, comes on Saturday nights, called uh, Keeping It Real. <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome, and, and it's it's like a it's like a local show for. It doesn't um, come on at four thirty seven in the morning. It's no, it's, no, it, it comes on. It, it's so funny because it, it it definitely comes on in a weird time shift, right? Because right. it comes on Saturday night, sure. And even though the the like the little cable box says it comes on at one, it right. doesn't. Because uh, if you if you start recording it at one, all you'll get is the second half of Castle. Oh, uh, <laughs> but it comes on like I yeah, know, I love one twenty five or something. Like. I love how inside you have to be to catch this show. Yeah. Hey, watch it on Saturday night. You know, DVR between uh, eight p.m. and two a.m. Yeah. It'll be in there somewhere. Yeah, because I start I started trying to DVR, and all I would catch would be like the last thirty seconds of it. But but yeah, keeping it real is like a show for. Um, to, to highlight, you know, uh, um, like young African American talent uh-huh. in, in in like in like the area, <laughs> and, and um, you know, and, and Elijah, you know, he he is he is he's a he's a black dude from Baltimore, and right. he's extremely wealthy, and he is just making movies all over the place, and most of the cast from uh, um, from influence is are African American, mm-hmm. so it's like keeping it real. Heard about this thing, and they were just like, "Shit, yeah, we we want it." That's an amazing, amazing <laughs> title for a show. Yeah. for for uh, for focusing on yeah. black culture. I love absolutely it. because it is not keeping; <laughs> it is keeping with the poster. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> you know that that show is fucking down, I man. I love it. So I, I, love I have it. I so have... keeping it real is kind of like the Twilight Zone, and then each thing that they would show, they would. Show showcase like yeah okay yeah yeah so it's, it's like, like the the umbrella like, yeah it's like a it's like a 15 or 20 minute long show and nice. they'll do it in segments and influence is like the last segment you know so they'll have That's like awesome. an interview and they'll have like uh something else and then it'll, awesome. it'll be like i'll just come back from commercial and it'll be like next last time on influence it's really <laughs> serialized and everything i love oh, yeah. that that's definitely. awesome, man. Definitely. That's hilarious. So, See, why am I the first to hear about this? Why isn't he putting it up on, on Facebook and Twitter? I don't you know, remember it's, reading it's, this. It's funny because um, he didn't even know. You know? Oh, he just yeah. like... <laughs> yeah, Mason called him one day and was like, so our show's on TV. And Gary's like, what the fuck? You know, he's like, yeah, it's on. It was some weird-ass time. and uh, But yeah, apparently it's been running for a couple of weeks now. And um, That's awesome. Had, he had no idea. Are public, are public access stations... Do they overlap, or is this only in Baltimore? You know, that's a really good question. I have no idea. I, I mean, I I think since it is public access, it might just be right. might just be Baltimore. Right. But um, I'm really not sure. Oh my god! Now I, I so well, I, I so badly I'm want to see this. Pretty damn sure they that they ended up putting the episodes online. I oh, think so they that, I think available. they have a YouTube channel. I think it's called um, Uplift Works, something like that. And it's they have like a channel that has. A lot of other things, as well as like whatever the episodes of Influence are, awesome. are on. Which uh, I'll tell you, I'm a, I'm a bad brother. I haven't I haven't gone online to see them. I've only seen the 
Whenever I manage to stay up to right. catch Keeping It Real right. at one twenty-seven, I mean, morning. you're watching it anyway. You might as well catch Influence, right? Yeah. You're watching <laughs> Keeping It. Hey, yeah. babe, I need to be up till. Yeah, it's <laughs> gonna sorry. be somewhere in there. Yeah, Steph's going to bed, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh no, I got. I, Is it I, Saturday? I, I gotta catch Keeping It Real. <laughs> Maybe I'll catch Influence, but I gotta catch Keeping It Real. <laughs> Cracking me up, man. So uh, going going back to the point, so. Mm-hmm. So off of that, did Kubrick become your main guy? Because we oh, yeah. talk we talk about like our favorite directors, but yeah, Kubrick has got to be absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it, it's um, he, I, I, he, his work ended up influencing me in in, in, in such a way, and it's funny too because in, in my own ideas and the things that I write and that I ever worked on. I, my style isn't like him right, or right. anything like that. Right. But it's just... But you find inspiration from him. Extremely. Yeah. Extremely, you know, because it's just everything is everything is really thought out. Everything is planned and, and structured and set. And it's just awe-inspiring. And I just... I can't imagine what that would be like to have that kind of control of not just your craft, but of almost of yourself. Right. You know, and I, I like to think that I'm a I'm a pretty mild mannered tempered guy, but I don't have that kind of control. There's no way. You know, I can't I can't look and say, Oh no, this needs to be cut because it's gonna lead to X, Y, and Z. It's like it's just I don't know, I just can't. Mm-hmm. You know, but um it, it is awe inspiring nonetheless. Yeah, and, sure. and it makes you want to makes you wanna do anything and everything you can to be anywhere near as good mm-hmm. as 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 well, that. I think it's also kind of a I think it's kind of a problem that you go into film school and uh, the idea is that everyone makes a big deal about I'm going to be the next mm-hmm. dot dot dot. Yeah. So everyone who goes to film school wants to make a, a stamp. They want to make a movie. They want to be like this director or whatever. And very few, very, you know, that small percentage actually do something that is uh, unique or um, unique to them or whatever and actually have a vision or a voice or whatever. Mm. But, like, you go in there thinking, um, at least when you've got the stars in your eyes about this this major, you go in there thinking, well, I'm going to do something great. Yeah. So you always have that that expectation of success or failure. And a lot of film students push themselves because they're either afraid of failure or they're not sure about how to how to achieve what they're looking for, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Very few are, uh, have 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 direction themselves, you know. Absolutely. They know exactly what they want, mm-hmm. you know. And um, as Gonder used to put it, as Professor Gonder used to put it, you know, that's the, it's kind of one of the last um, uh, careers where you can be a tyrant. Yeah. So if you are someone that is so, like, unique and, and controlling and a tyrant about something, they could always write it off as you're being an artist. Right, you yeah. Know? But it's interesting that post-college, when you are dealing with the reality of it 
that people start finding what their interests are. And sometimes it's not about that. It's not yeah. about being a director. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's like I'm more interested in the shooting of it or the editing of it. Or I like lighting. You know, right. I'm really into to the, to, to lighting, theatrical or, or film lighting. So that's what I find with a lot of people that got uh, out of college that they kind of reevaluate a real a realistic vision of what their future is going to be. That it's not just who's the next Tarantino or who's yeah. the next, you know, Ridley Scott or whoever. You know what I mean? Right. So also the interest is it's got to be at what point do you realize that you the possibility of being the next dot 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 the next Kubrick Kurosawa Tarantino mm-hmm. when does the reality hit you that th- that that isn't something that you should want to do or aspire to or 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 should you aspire to mm. well i guess what i'm saying is do you was there a, a time when you became sober to what you wanted in in film school? Did you go there thinking that you wanted to be the next hotshot director, or did you want to go there to make personal films? What was your expectation? You know, when I when I went to um, to school, I, I I didn't have any of those like delusions of grandeur of being like the next best or anything right. like that. I mean, of course, everybody sort of wants to, but I never really. It wasn't like my aim. It wasn't my goal or anything like that. Mostly, I just wanted to do it because because it was fun. Yeah. You know, because it, it was something that I wanted to go and do and experience, and I wanted to 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 learn more about it and to be able to tell my own stories about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I when I ended up going through uh, college, it it was less with the intent to come out on the other side some auteur right. or anything like that. I right. I didn't. I didn't really want that or care about that. All I really wanted to do was be a part of it. Okay. Um, I just I just liked it. I wanted to be involved in it, um, and I did for pretty much as long as I could. Um, you know, it, 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 there 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 comes a time, unfortunately, where sometimes you have to to weigh the things that are important to you. Right. And um, some things have to fall on the wayside. I I, I worked in film for a very long time at least you know to me now sure but um well you did you did yeah. work with uh, another friend of ours that went to Anne Arundel yeah. and Taos and you worked with Chris Weiserick on, a, on several things time. right absolutely were you guys um working as kind of your own little company or was it like hey Curtis I've got a plan or hey Chris I've got a plan for this thing mm-hmm. we're gonna you know bring this together for a music video or for a short film or whatever yeah, what, well, both actually um because there was a time when when you know he had a job and i had a job and whatnot and we did as much as we could together freelancing together or if we had ideas and chris is a big idea man so he come things come to him all the time and he wants to do this and he wants to do that so he'll say hey i got this idea let's do it you know so there was a long period of time where yeah we just did it on the side Mm -hmm. and, and and things like that and um um i forget now sort of what 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 changed but we both ended up not having our day jobs anymore where film work was the only thing we did and we tried to make it um a more of a a a proper company like a business yeah like in in a business and so um there there were a lot of challenges in that because sort of we 
we agreed in principle, but not always necessarily in the execution of what we should and shouldn't do. You're um, talking about what projects you should take on? Yeah, okay. definitely. Because um, he wanted to do a lot of things that were more, you know, we did a couple of music videos and they were wonderful and he wanted to do more of that. And I was wholly into that, but music videos weren't going to make us any money. Sure. So um, as much as I hated to be that guy, I always tried to be the guy to say, all right, we need to do as many things as we can to make money because we need to live. Mm -hmm. And not that Chris wasn't focused on that because obviously he was, but um, I I think in the end, we ended up not having the same ideas of how to to go about and get that money. So our our company, while I I greatly enjoyed it, and I always love working with Chris, I love that guy, Mm -hmm. um, it it didn't end up going where where we where we ended up wanting it to now he went on though to keep working like he just has like the he has the personality to be on set yeah he loves everybody loves production right loves production and everybody loves him and 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 whatnot so every time he went to something it always ended up leading to another thing mm-hmm. and and he has made a hell of a career out of it at this right. point um, so he's doing he's doing freelance work. He's working mm-hmm. in in the mediums that that pay. So he mm-hmm. is doing commercial stuff too. Oh, absolutely. So just like several of the people that that I know, and I'm sure that you know that uh, that m- m- were successful outside of school doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them ended up doing um, commercial work, either actually on commercials, music videos, mm-hmm. d- going where the work is, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so he's in New York now, right? He is. Yeah. He's in New York, and he travels all the time. And, uh, you know, he has probably one of the most hectic schedules of anybody that I know, right. which is a real which is a real bummer because I, I just like every time you want to call him or see him, it's mm-hmm. just like, with the onset, I have no idea. Is he working nights? Who knows? <laughs> but you know, it's kind of also an interesting thing because, like, I can see immediately, like, the the problems of of living like that is that you need to be that personality mm-hmm. just to survive, not oh, even yeah. to be successful, just to survive. Absolutely. So I can understand that at some point. I mean, I even you know had these conversations with Dan Tyag, who runs his own company too, mm-hmm. with a friend. And it's got to come down to, like, how am I going to pay my bills? Yeah. How am I going to afford rent or afford food, you know? Mm-hmm. So was that the thing that also kind of pushed you in the direction that you went, kind of? Well, yes, um, largely, um, because it was also, you know, like like you say, you have to have that kind of personality to, to like that that sort of lifestyle of, Right. Odd times and whatnot. And I think one of the things that really came down to is I didn't. Right. I really, really didn't. Right. Actually, it's like, um, you know, uh, when we're working in a, in, a, in a on a short film or anything like that, I'm more than willing to, you know, to put in a 17 or 18 hour day and stay up for 48 hours. I did that plenty. Sure. But um, when I came out on the other side of it, I hated it. Right. Um, and I, I was working on a project called C47. Um, that I was the art director for that was a wonderful project and I I pretty much gave my entire life to it for several months um, but I w- it just destroyed me at the end of it and I was entering a, 
a relationship at the time with my now wife. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we were having all these plans and whatnot. And I was just spending 15 and 16 and 17 hours on set every single day. And, um, and and it was just like, I I had too many things that were, were too important to me. And I had this at one point end up saying, well, what is really more important to me? And I, I hated living like that. Um, so well, granted, I would say yeah. that you know, yeah, it's 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 not just a, a personality thing. I mean, like we've talked on on the show with several guests about um, successes, but also the reevaluating of dreams. Mm-hmm. Because I've had so many conversations with you yeah. about um, my uh, ideas of what I was going to achieve and what my goals were when we were in college. You were there for every conversation I had about Mm -hmm. what's the next milestone. And milestones, like we had this conversation like a year ago or whatever, and I was telling you about how my adult life is about understanding what milestones are important and what milestones aren't. Like... You go into school, and we were both. I felt like we were both um, just really excited to be there, mm-hmm. young Turks. You know, the the kind of people that are these young film students that just, you know, they love the thing, they breathe the thing, they mm-hmm. dream the thing, and uh, we were film all the time, twenty four seven. And then the idea is, what is what is reality after that? Yeah. Because college is kind of a microcosm, sure. not a, a, a bubble. Yeah. So you're in that... A biodome, if A you biodome, yes. I will be probably <laughs> sure in this case. But you're in that and you're like, you're, you're able to do projects that often that are creative and that mean something to you, but they're also assigned. There's mm-hmm. a due date. There's, yeah. you know, there's a, a, an impetus for creating. Right. And then when people are on their own, either out of school or on, on their own, and they have to balance the just surviving with, I need to create... Yeah. Sometimes it just doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't overlap. Yeah. And sometimes the surviving part of it keeps the creating part of it from going. Yeah. And if you're too creative sometimes you flounder. Right. You're living in the streets or whatever. Yeah. So it's all about like making that balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I definitely well it definitely got to the point where the the survival aspect needed to to trump yeah. the the creative aspect. But you know what you just said is actually very interesting because it's true. There is in college there are due dates for things, but largely in life there aren't. Sure, there's no due date on your creativity. Sure. So or, there was a, or your career or your legacy yeah. or any of that shit. You, you know, know what I mean? and it's like I I had to take um, a good amount of time to sort of hey get your life in order. Do the things that you do to, to make sure you, you know, don't live on the street or anything sure. like that. And, you know, I got I got my wife and I got my house and I got my dog and I love mm-hmm. it. Um, and it's like now that I'm finally getting back to the point where I'm really comfortable. Yeah. It's like, hey, now this creativity now thing it is, comes coming, back, right. is exactly. coming back up. And, um, you know, this past year, um, this past year has been so, so busy, so hectic. Actually, mm-hmm. the last year and a half because really we... 
we got married uh, two months ago mm-hmm. now, maybe two mm-hmm. months ago, and um, we just bought our first house yep. and went through all these renovations. So basically, this this year, and I knew it going into it, but this past whole year has been just like completely focused on those two yeah. things. Um, so now that we're on the other side of it, it's like next year, 2013. It's just like all those personal goals of mine are just popping right back mm-hmm. up, and and I've already I've already sort of discussed it with um, with Steph. I'm just like you know, there's a couple of things that need to happen for me next year, yeah. just because I have to do them. Yeah. I have to get them out of me, yeah. and I would have liked to have done them two years ago, for sure, three years ago sure. even, but I didn't yeah. because I couldn't, and now I can. Yeah. Um, because it's like there's this there's this story and it's funny because, um, you know, when you were saying everybody, some people want to be the next this and the next that, and I never really wanted that. All I wanted to do, uh, literally, like the only thing I wanted to do is I wanted to make movies for kids. I always wanted okay. to make kids movies, but not like, but not like saccharine kids yeah, movies. No, I wanted to make movies for kids like they made in and I. I think there's a lot of love for the 80s, and I don't yeah, share yeah. a lot of that love for the 80s, but there were a lot of great kids' sure, movies sure, in the 80s sure. um, that were really, really good, yeah. and I, I loved them, and I, that's what I would like to make. And um, it's funny, because there was a, an idea that I had with my brother uh, several years ago, and literally I've been working on it for like almost three years now. Um, and uh, 2013 is is the year to complete it. You feel it? It is, yeah. Because we, we actually did a lot of work on it this year because we were given a chance mm-hmm. that didn't end up happening. Yeah. But we were given a very long shot chance to have it made this past year. Um, a friend of a friend knew, a, knew the producer of an upcoming movie from um, Eduardo Sanchez, who was nice. one of the guys who directed uh, Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and he was looking for his next project and he wanted to start shooting it, but he didn't know what it was. And they were putting out feelers for these these horror movies and um i guess i brought up the thing about the kids is because the idea that i had originally started off as a as a scary movie for kids right. and it ended up evolving into pretty much something that wouldn't be for kids at all oh sure but that's just the the nature of it right. and um and earlier this year like like i said a friend of a friend they the, the producer and eduardo were looking for something and they they didn't know what it was and um my friend knew that we had been working on this thing and it's you know it's very detailed and whatnot because we've been working on it for such a long time he was just like i know you guys like this is it okay if i bring it to their attention and we said you know of course um and uh it it didn't go anywhere uh unfortunately but as things as yeah. things often yeah go absolutely you know and and i, I would i have loved for it to happen right. yeah of course right <laughs> you know but, um, but, but you're thinking that you're gonna have to probably do it on your own. Yeah, and that's yeah. fine. That's totally fine. You know, I can, I can, I can do it on my own. Sure. I don't need anybody <laughs> else. You know? Which is not true. I will need a lot the, of people. The, the thing that you bring up is is uh, is something I feel too. I, I w- I've always liked your 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 group of friends. Yeah. Because whenever I would see you guys, like, uh, granted, I'm kind of outside of that circle. I was your college friend, but we didn't have mutual friends at, you know, if I, you know, go to a party or whatever, now I'll know them because I knew them back then, or Mm -hmm. I'll have acquaintance with them. But I always liked your friends because they were always creative. Yeah. 
or um, creatively minded. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys, you know, as friends do, you have a lot of commonality, but you guys seemed like, you know, um, like the ideas flowed out of that friendship when you guys were in this group, you, <laughs> yeah. Gary, and and all the people you hang out with, that there yeah. is, you know, it's almost like you guys are a production company waiting to happen. Because each one of you guys has a different, like, yeah. I'm sure, you know, you have someone who's doing stuff in pharmaceuticals. You have yeah. a friend who's actually doing uh, freelance work. But each one of you guys together is kind of like, it's just an interesting little friendship, you know, yeah. in that circle that you have. Yeah, and it's it's funny. I, I don't really know how I got so blessed to have so many excellently, fantastically creative friends, but uh, I don't know. I guess I did. Right. Uh, but I think it's also interesting. Like, did you do you feel like your friends come through you, or it comes through you and Gary? Like, is it because you you guys are you guys have the ability of being on the same level. No one's mm-hmm. like you. I have, I have sisters that are 12 and 14 years older than me. Mm-hmm. They're not on the same peer level or anything. You guys mm-hmm. are on the same peer level. Yeah. So it's almost like you two together attract yeah. a, a certain kind of friend. Yeah. Well, it's because we're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hands down. I, well, I didn't want like to, we're I'm like not debating a, that. <laughs> we're like a twin force. <laughs> yes. It's it's funny because it's like sure we've got like I, I have people that I know and they've become my friends and, and Gary has people that he met and they became his friends but when it came down to it they they're all our friends yeah, yeah. you know they all they, you know as as different as Gary and I are you know we we are we are the same right. you know right. so um, you don't last long in one circle and not both right. you know you will be pulled into it eventually um, so that's just. That's just the way it goes because we, you know, when we moved here in '99, moved to uh, Maryland. I mean, um, you know, obviously we didn't, we didn't know anybody, and we were in a completely different place from Texas. You know, mm-hmm. we moved halfway across the country, and it was just like, we, we at first we were like, what the hell are we gonna do? You know, we we moved around so often as children, it was just like I hate having to go through this process every time, and um, and and I don't know. I think we just ended up finding probably some of the coolest kids that we could find sure. and, 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 and stuck to them, sure. you know, and they're all successful in their own right. Yeah. Uh, my, um, They've got the geeky, you got the geeky portions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a couple of friends who are making their own board game Yeah, right now. Yeah. Uh, that, that is just so much fun. And, uh, you know, I've, uh, I got another friend who sort of stumbled his way into production, but he's being, he's very good at it and that's amazing for him. And, and another one who, uh, I, I love this. I don't even know how it happened, but um, he's an artist, and uh, you know, Psy, the, the Gungam style mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. Um, he he's in a commercial for uh, <laughs> some Korean beer, and they were shooting it in New York, and they needed they had an art emergency, and for some reason, their production company got in touch with my friend Nate, wow. and they were like, "We need art wow. for this commercial that we're shooting." What tomorrow or something like that well uh, apparently the gist of the commercial is it's going to feature Sai yeah. and he is um, going to be doing like this this fake tour like right. this fake tour across New York so they needed banners and posters and leaflets and all these things that were supposed to be advertisements for the Sai New York tour of right. 2013 or whatever right. like that so he basically like over a weekend or something had to, Holy shit. had to design all this shit and he just said he said you can pay me, 
or you could put me in this commercial. Maybe you could do both. <laughs> so they did both. That's so awesome. he got to meet Cy and go and hang out. And like, he took pictures of the set with like his banners, like all plastered up and down all the place. Man. And I'm like, how did, how did that happen? And he's like, I have no idea. That's amazing. <laughs> you know? It's really like, yeah, I, I, it's, sometimes I'm feeling, I feel really jealous because you guys are just like, you, you come from, you know, so many different backgrounds, but that circle of friends is just like, it's like, you know, the, the, corners of a ninja star you know each one of you guys has this like you know yes. point yes you know what I mean? if we were by ourselves we could hurt you but all together we yeah. are deadly yeah exactly exactly you toss us around the room we put out your eye so, we, so i was thinking about this you know when we were talking about doing the podcast and mm. i knew that there was going to be a certain level of just you know origin story find out who you are because yeah. obviously i want to do this again in the future mm-hmm. with you we didn't even talk about the part why uh was doused with radiation so, no no I but mean, we'll get to that in part two okay um it's it's kind of a sad story you didn't really get any powers from it you've been i just lost in the hospital yeah. yeah you've been in the hospital trying to get it worked on <laughs> it's like i don't know how i got the bad luck a lot of that. cancer no. i'm sorry <laughs> Spider-Man, <laughs> Captain America. You thought it would work. You thought it was going to work out. What the fuck? What did I yeah. do? <laughs> Why did I stick my, my, my foot in that radiation sludge? I thought something was going to happen. Yeah, exactly. The goggles, they did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but we talk about like all this stuff, and uh, I, you know, I, I, I do want to pick your brain, because obviously mm-hmm. there's so many things that we can talk about. Yes. Um, but yeah, let me pick your brain a little bit about um, the things you hate, because I think I think it's always great when when I get you kind of worked up. And since okay. we got we just got a little bit of time left, yeah, let's let's touch on that. So you were saying you don't like Prometheus. Why don't you oh, give yeah. a, a quick, I really don't. Why don't I, you give a quick preview of why you don't like Prometheus? Well, you know, it's funny because I, I had such high hopes for Prometheus, and and maybe that's the the wrong way to start this off. Maybe somebody's gonna say, oh, well, your expectations were too high, but really they weren't. I'm just I'm right. just a I'm a big big fan of Alien. Yes. I'm a big fan of aliens. Yes. I just, I love... And Alien Resurrection is yeah. one of your favorites. Look, Winona Ryder was hot. Yeah, <laughs> no one's not. No, absolutely. <laughs> but really, I would just... You know, the first time I heard that Ridley Scott wanted to make uh, Prometheus, and it was like, oh, we're going to do it about... Uh, we're going to do it about the, the engineers or whatever. And I was like, man, that's a bad idea. You know, it just... There's there's a certain level of things that that are better if they're just mysterious. Right. I, I, left I, to your imagination. I, left yeah. to your imagination. Yeah. So that that was my initial thought of Prometheus, but you know, but then it went on, and you know, it was obviously in production. So I said, all right, you know what? Who cares? It's going to be about them. Mm-hmm. Fine. We'll, we'll just see where it goes. And and really, to me, when it came down to it, is it just came down to the execution, because they're just. There's just so much in that movie that doesn't make any fucking sense. Sure. It is an <laughs> incredibly convoluted movie. I've said this a couple times. Like, I want to know, where did the hype start for you? Did it start because you thought it was a companion piece or because you thought that it was a prequel? Well, you know, I, I guess initially, obviously, it was intended to be a, a prequel at least that's what everybody said right and then as it got closer they're like you know it's not really a prequel it takes it's, place in the same universe it takes place in the same yeah. universe but i mean obviously anybody who's seen prometheus yeah. knows that it's a fucking prequel yeah. you know it's like it, it is yeah but it's just 
there's so much stuff that just doesn't make any sense. And I, I, I will apologize to anybody out there who really loved Prometheus. I, Don't I'm apologize. Sorry. It's okay. This is your fucking opinion. Yeah, that's their opinion. But, but it's just like, the aliens don't exist yet. Right. So, so why is there a fucking statue of the alien in there? Sure. Why is that guy totally afraid to touch the dead thing, but he's super interested in talking to the weird dick snake that yeah. comes out of the thing, yeah. and it's just and it kills him. It's just those yeah those guys that were really skeptical and wanted to leave apparently have no problem talking to I, the dick I snake. I know, and it's like, <laughs> how can you get lost when you have yeah. fucking hollow spheres giving you a like amazing mm-hmm. map of all these stars. How are you lost yeah. there? I, I don't know. Exactly. No, it, it's, you know, really, I'm just going to say, go watch that, that really awesome video of those two guys hanging out in the mm-hmm. cabin that just, to me, is just like everything about Prometheus that was wrong. You just talked yeah. about in that one thing. That is fucking hilarious. And it's just, God, man, I love that video so much because mm-hmm. I would just... I just made and he, indicated. The, the, the one that he's just going on and on, or, yeah. uh, but, and, yeah. and what is it? Yeah. yeah. And it, it was hilarious. And you know, and I, I haven't been able to read the, um, the, the, the script pre David yeah, yeah, right. yet. I have mm-hmm. like, I, my, my friend Jimmy keeps saying, you should read it. You might like it a lot more. And I, I really want to, and I'm looking forward to it. I just haven't had the chance yeah. yet. I have but, it too. You know, it's just like, I like Damon Lindelof. I, I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like a lot of the things that he does. But um, if if he's responsible for a lot of the dumb things in Prometheus, then, right. then, then he is. Then, so. yeah, yeah, I mean, he has, yeah. to, he has to admit it to himself. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that, you know, the thing with, with Lindelof himself is he bears the brunt of a lot of nerd anger. Yeah. Even if you had adjusted expectations for lost Mm -hmm. can you imagine that show fulfilling all of its expectations no absolutely not and i loved lost yeah i i loved every single bit of it but i i totally understand that season six was a, a bit of a disappointment and uh to many people the end was a disappointment the end didn't disappoint me yeah but it wasn't as good as i thought it would be i think it was emotionally satisfying yeah narratively disappointing no i can agree with that absolutely and it's just uh i i I think that there was a that there was a shift that sort of half-heartedly happened in season six where you've been building all this mythos over five seasons and posing question after question after question and there comes a time where you need to stop asking questions and start answering them and what they what i felt that they did in season six is they started answering questions here and there and people really didn't like that but then like well it doesn't really feel like lost so we need to ask more questions and then you started getting into stuff in season six that was brand new it was right. trying to raise more questions, and right. to me, I was sort of like, "Why are you doing that? Right. Why are you asking more? You're in like the last five episodes of your show. Why are sure. you giving us more sure. questions?" Yeah. Um, so I, I honestly, to me, it would have been better if they had said, "You know what? This this season is basically going to be completely different. It might piss a lot of people off." But this season is going to be like, I don't know, the difference between Dragnet and Get Smart. Sure. You know, um, it's like they're both similar, but not quite, you know. And it's just like this season is going to be hard nosed. Weird shit's going to happen, but it's going to be like in the service of answering this, you know, overall mythos. Right. 
Um, and I, I think they half-heartedly tried that, but needed to, to do all these other things to try and keep it more mysterious, and it ended up biting him in the butt. So yeah, I agree. And so it, the part of like uh, giving answers alone is is a problem yeah. because I've said it. I've said it's a similar issue to to Prometheus. As soon as you take something like we've said that was better left to the imagination and you make it concrete by creating the world, mm-hmm. putting those characters in it, um, even showing prequel elements and all that stuff, all of a sudden your imagination doesn't count for shit because yeah. this over here is is canon. Yeah. So if you have all these mysteries and you're thinking about Desmond and what does he mean and what what's uh, what's uh, uh, the island and what is the myst- mysterious smoke monster? Mm-hmm. All these mysteries, yeah. all these questions. Yeah. It's almost like you don't want an answer because as yeah. soon as you're given that answer and it's made concrete. I I can't the the times that they answered a question be it trivial or big there was a good percentage of the time that I was like okay okay next sure Mm -hmm. and there was enough mystery to still feed on yeah but once you get to the end and you know the show's end is coming Mm -hmm. I swear to god when that uh is it across the sea the like second or third to the end yeah I'm like the immediate re- reaction I had after that show is, you've got two more episodes, and this is what we're <laughs> <Yeah>. getting. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I watched that show, and I think about it in retrospect, and it's like, what I thought was important became... Um, it's like Jacob became more important to them fulfilling these mysterious answers than my read was. So subjectively, my experience with Lost was, I love the the mysteries, but Mm -hmm. as soon as I get the answers, I'm like, okay. Yeah. And and even saying that, even saying that flaw, Mm -hmm. I still loved it. Oh, absolutely! I love the characters. Yeah. I love the the stories, episode to episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, nothing, nothing can take back all the tears that I shed sure, over yeah. the course of that show. You sure. know, it's like you just because maybe the ending wasn't as fulfilling, or the last season was as fulfilling yeah. as you really wanted it to. It doesn't change to me, you know, the amount of time and like the obsessive nature that I put into that that damn thing. And 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 really, when it comes down to it, it's like season five was incredible. Yeah. There is nothing that season six could have done to take away season five from mm-hmm. me because holy shit, did I love it, <laughs> you know? Have you uh, seen Cowboys and Aliens? I have. And what'd you think of that? Didn't like it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, um, but, and, but, but that's, that's kind of like the word. I haven't seen it, so that's yeah. kind of the word around the campfire. Do you think it's because of the writing or because of what do you oh, think yeah. it was? Oh, oh I think thing. it's definitely because of the writing. And it's, it's a shame because it's. You know, westerns are another genre that I really enjoy, and you know, everybody wants to make a cool cowboy and you know, alien and, and you know, sci-fi western movie. Everybody wants to make that. Who doesn't want to make that? Will Smith. Wait, well, no, he no, did. He did. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it's just I, I thought that there was a lot of um, a lot of neat stuff, and it was it was the writing in a large portion because when it came down to it, and you haven't seen it, so I don't really want to tell right. you any of the the important stuff, but like. When you have, it's like you have to have motivations for certain 
things. It's sure. like you have to have motivations for characters, you have sure. to have motivations for scenes and things of that nature. But when the absolute goal of an alien race coming, stealing people, and being on this planet is the dumbest thing that you've ever heard of in your entire life, oh, it kind of blows the whole thing up. Oh, man. You know, and it's just... So the motivation's stupid. It's awful. Mm. You know, and it's like, the execution's okay, and you, to me, I was, I was enjoying it, I was having fun with it, but you get to a point in the movie, you're like, all right, now what's this whole thing about? Mm-hmm. And then you get to the part where this is what it's about, and you're just like, are you serious? Right. This is like, it, it's like the aliens are coming here and killing people to get candy or something, sure. you know? It's, it's dumb. It's, I it's, think that's actually kind of valid. I, <laughs> if I was an alien, good. candy is kind of important. You know, if you didn't have candy on your planet, there might be, yeah. it, you know, but it's like... You but know, then how would you know what candy was? Yeah, I know. That's, that's true. <laughs> how would you know? Maybe you just have a, a yearning, a longing somewhere in for the galaxy. Something. There is something that will satiate my desire for sweets. Yeah, that's what it is. Well, we got a, we got a few more few more minutes. Yeah. I want I if you if there's something pa- that you feel passionate passionate hate for, <laughs> give it to me. Has something. there been a movie recently that you were supremely disappointed in, like your expectation or maybe the source material, mm-hmm. and you or maybe just the the hype? Someone said, "Hey, this is a fucking great movie. Go check it out." And you were like, <laughs> "What are you talking about?" Uh, well, I will tell you the answer to that is yes. And I, I'm gonna sound like a like a real dick. Get ready on this for it, thing. people. <laughs> yeah, I know, but um, you know, it, it, don't I, do it. I, I will tell you that. Don't I, offend me. I can't. I can't really remember what they were. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but um, I I know I've been coming out of the theater disappointed more often than I haven't. Yeah, I feel you. Know? I feel you on that. But it, it's it's not really. Um, you know. I Let don't me know. ask you something. One thing about about your dislike of a movie yeah are you the type of person that will see a movie once decide that you hate it and never watch it again or will you give it another chance um i want to say largely yes but if you are able to to tell me anything that i think is interesting about it or a different perspective i'll give it another shot you know if, if if i see it and i don't like it then I have no, really no reason to watch it again. But if enough time has passed, I know there's plenty of things that I saw when I was a kid or when I was younger that I'm more than willing to come right. back and, and, and that see. That you again. either loved or hated, and then it turns out yeah. maybe you feel differently as an adult. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm more than willing to do that. But if I see something now and I really don't like it, I, I have no intention to really go. But if, if somebody like you right. or somebody else Someone that you, who has a, a good, you good like opinion them. that I, yeah. I, I, I respect you and whatnot, and, and you can tell me something that I think is interesting or whatnot, I will more than absolutely. I'll go have back. Have you only seen Event Horizon that one time? Um, you know, no, actually, I, I, that's the only time I've seen it all the way through. Okay. But I've, I've definitely seen it on television plenty of times and I'll watch maybe half an hour of it and just mm-hmm. be like, Ugh. So, so the hatred is not built on just one experience. It's, it's built on, Hey, I confirmed this. Couple yeah. Times. Yeah. I had a, um, there was somebody many, many years ago when I was in high school that, that they really loved that movie and they, there weren't somebody who was like, man, I really like 
you know, we share opinions. So it wasn't like, oh yeah, I was like, oh, I need to go check it out again. Right. But they were like, they loved that movie, and I was like, really? Okay. And so next time I cut it on television, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, let me let me just let me just try. No, no, <laughs> no, no, you know, it lasted maybe twenty minutes or something like that. <laughs> I'm finding that more and more in uh, in my late twenties, almost thirty, yeah. that uh, I have reviewed some movies that I've had a pretty hard stance on Mm -hmm. and uh whether that hard stance is it's fucking amazing it's the best fucking movie or man i fucking hate that movie it's a piece (laughs) of shit and i'll i've rewatched it and i think part of that is kind of like my friendships people will come to me people that i respect their opinions say hey man that's a really good movie you should give it another chance and you know i'll I'll go watch it and it's just a reevaluating of things you know Things that I thought were just fucking amazing when I was a teenager or even in college. And I'll watch now and I'm like, okay, it's all right. Yeah. But, I, you know, we change. We see things that were influenced by it. We see things that are different now. Our tastes change, you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's another reason why I can't really get on board with ma- with always making top ten lists. Yeah. Because it's a top ten list of a time and a place. How I felt in 2012 or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not how I'm going to feel in 2020 or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's tough. I actually, I keep... Um, and I, I think you know this. I think I've talked to you about it. But right. I keep a I keep a list, and I've kept it since two thousand six of all the movies that I see mm-hmm. every year. And it's um, if I've seen it before, obviously it doesn't make the list because I've seen it before. Sure. But this list, this is a list for things that new I've stuff. seen new, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be a new movie. Just I just haven't new seen to you. it before. Um, so after a couple of years of doing this, I thought maybe I should really do a like this is my favorite of the year. Or like maybe choose one or three of those movies that I saw that year and say this one, this one, and this one. And I thought about that, and I one year I I was like I'm gonna do that. So I, I at the end of the year I think it was 2007 actually 2008, and um, it was it was 2008. I went to the end of the 2008 and I was like good God, 2008 was such a good year. And I sat there and I think I can't like there are so many things on here that I fucking loved, mm-hmm. and I just. One, was one really better than another? They all were fantastic, you know. And I, I'm I'm pretty sure um, 2008 was uh, at least when I saw uh, There Will Be Blood mm-hmm. and and um, No Country for Old Men, yeah. and also probably one of my favorite movies of all time was 2008, which is Speed Racer. Um, really? Oh yeah. See now that is something you're gonna come back for, and we're gonna talk. Oh about. fuck! I could do two hours on how yeah. much I love Speed Racer. Because you've mentioned this, and I do remember. I've seen it twice. I've seen it in the theater once, and I saw it on cable mm-hmm. the other time. Yeah. And I'd be interested in seeing your perspective on. Absolutely. That. If I will come back tomorrow when we're talk gonna to you do about Speed Racer, <laughs> Curtis Thompson Speed Racer. Um. Yeah, that's no. It's, it's it's interesting. I really do. I'm really interested in in uh, in that because you know you have you have you been able to ever make a list, um, especially since 2006. Have you ever been able to rank your favorite movies no. and nothing? So, <laughs> to me, ranking my favorite movies. I don't know how many of those movies are going to always... Like, someone will say, this is one of my favorite movies. No matter what list I make, it's always going to be in the top five or the Mm -hmm. top three. Yeah. Maybe I could do that. Yeah. But I can't think of ranking every... Of my whole experience of 30 years... Yeah. 
of, or you know, 25 years of watching movies. However, whenever I started, like, what are my experiences? And then all of it, all of it becomes autobiographical. Mm-hmm. How can how can I say that Back to the Future, it, it is a fucking amazing movie, but is Back to the Future how I feel now the same way I felt when I used to watch it on a fucking loop? Yeah, you know when I was a kid. Absolutely, and I just I, I have never really been able to make that kind of right. list. Absolutely not, and I was just. Uh, we we have talked a lot in this podcast about the things I don't like, sure. which is funny because I'm not really all that negative. He's not a negative I, person. But I just I you know I, I think when it comes down to it, I, I am passionate though. So you if I don't like something, I really don't like it. That's the thing. But yeah. On the other side of the coin, it's like there's so many things that I just love yes. dearly. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's like if I had to go and and say, oh, here are all the movies that I love dearly. It's like we would be talking. You know, for hours, the list would be hundreds of answer, movies long. An- answer me this question, and we're, we're right at time, okay? okay? Answer me this question. Is Speed Racer... Do you like Speed Racer more than Matrix? Yes. Do you like... Speed, is Speed Racer your favorite of the Wachowskis movies? Yes. Well, I need to see it through your eyes. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Not to say that I hate it, but mm-hmm. I have... I, I, I don't have the same, like... Mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, I'm really intrigued now. Yeah, and that, and that's that's coming from somebody. When I saw The Matrix, I considered The Matrix like a life changing movie. Right. Like I remember that I, I got out of that movie and I almost hyperventilated and my fingers were tingling because mm-hmm. I wasn't getting enough oxygen mm-hmm. because The Matrix was it's that exciting. It's exciting. Good. Movie. It was, and it, it is. It, it's a remarkable movie. And I, I, yeah, it is one of the things that I love dearly. Did time? Did a time? B the sequels or C both? change your opinion of the first movie um probably a little bit of both definitely because it's like matrix was a time and a place movie and it was nothing can really take that away from it yeah but um the the subject that the the matrix deals with is something that is that was very especially for the age that i was Mm -hmm. when it came out it was like kind of mind opening to me at that time and i think it was something that you know was a good discussion to have at the time that it came out in that very late 90s but um to to me um one of the reasons why i can say i like speed racer more and i guess we'll talk about this we'll talk about this more but it's just it's 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 self-contained it doesn't need anything else it it exists in its own universe and really when it comes out isn't really going to matter how you perceive it okay i'm intrigued dude Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Man. Absolutely, it's been a pleasure. We're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna have a sequel to this. Fantastic. Look forward. Not to a prequel. It. It, will, it will be a companion piece. <laughs> it won't be a prequel. All right. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Curtis. Good talk. I always like talking to uh, to Curtis. We always have great conversations. I say that about uh, so many of the guests that we have on the show, but it's the truth. Um, I hope that we uh, he will come back to do that uh, that uh, Speed Racer uh, uh, podcast. I definitely want to revisit that that program and kind of see it through his eyes. So look forward to that in the future. Um, yeah. So debatablepodcast.tumblr.com. Uh, facebook.com slash debatable podcast uh to close out the show today we've got claire weiner back again uh with her cover of carla morrison's heiress 2 uh you enjoy and i hope you've enjoyed all the music on today's program claire weiner she's fantastic i love her voice i love her music Uh, i hope uh we'll get her on the on the podcast in the future you guys have a good day i'll see you again bye
Hoy desperté con ganas de besarte Tengo ganas de acariciarte Entrarme a ti y no soltarte Es tan abriegante, eres tú Dibujarte con mis puros recuerdos En mi mente me ocurre Tus lies, tus besos Estás aquí otro momento Eres tú oh, oh, oh. Eres tú oh, oh, oh. Eres tú Cuando estoy a un lado de ti Todo lo bueno de mí florece Eres tú, ese imán es una preciosa energía Es tu alma que envía señales a mi cuerpo Porque sigo viniendo eres aroma de ti que me invita a desecho Eres tú, oh, oh, oh Eres tú, oh, oh, oh Eres tú, oh, 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 oh. Tenemos planes diferentes Pero tú siempre pues mis miras tan sutilmente disfrutan tanto quererte eres tú eres tú Thank you.